0: wipe
1: up
0: there we go <laughs> <laughs> it worked <laughs> hey everybody uh, welcome to not a Grundy outdoors kyle jackson here with rodney wood how's it going and today we are getting into our hunt prep hunt prep the the
1: well i don't I guess you say the boring part it's a lot of fun um For guys like us.
0: So before we get into this, (laughs) before we get into this, I just want to tell you guys a little story about about Rodney. Oh, dear Lord. (laughs) So Rodney is uh, is the kind of guy that he, from the moment a hunt ends, he's preparing for the next hunt. Yes. And... Uh, Last year we drew a 2 b deer hunt, and we went and hunted in... We talk about that a lot. That's because it was such a fun hunt. Such a good hunt. Such a fun hunt. Okay. Anyways, from the moment that we got home from that hunt, Rodney has been scheming and planning for the next hunt. And I remember... When we drew the 37 tag, yeah, we had barely drawn that hunt. And, and do you remember what you sent me?
1: Yes, I do. I sent you a GPS coordinate.
0: Yeah. So I get an email from Rodney with this GPS coordinate. And I'm like, okay, what the crap is that? And so get on Google Earth. Follow that GPS coordinate, and what do I find? An elk. An elk. That's right. I scouted up an elk, a bull elk, on Google Earth. Simply amazing. I I will say this: Rodney is is one of the most masterful uh, Google Earth scouters I've I've ever run across. It's.
1: It, I, I love doing it. It's, I don't, I don't love sitting in front of the computer, but you know, this all started the, the whole Googler scouting thing started when me and D drew a rifle deer tag in unit 52 up by Trespi address. Yeah. And m- miserable hunt. It, that's not a good hunt for deer. Um, but I knew that we weren't going to be up all there.
0: The right. dead up there. Right?
1: <laughs> uh, I knew we weren't going to make it up there to scout. I knew we just weren't going to have the time. We were going to be able to hunt the full hunt, but we weren't going to be able to get up there and scout the day before. Um, not like you should. Well, not professional yeah. hunters. you got to work around to yeah, schedule and uh, all that yeah. crap. Yeah, especially back then. I mean, I was newly married. Um, new, Dedon was newly married. New job. Um what year was that i'm trying to think i don't even know where i was working I, I was working in crucis you were
0: working for the surveyor
1: uh yeah i was working in crucis so um maggie wasn't born yet so yeah. i wasn't a new father yet but um uh you know all, all of that new stuff i knew i wasn't going to make it make it up there and well
0: and you live in the southern part of the state it's yeah four, i live for five hours That's more
1: than that
0: um depends on which way you go, but yeah. Well I was living in Crucis at the oh, time. Oh, that's right. So, so it have been like, like seven six, hours.
1: Seven hours and just a long ways to go scouting. Um I didn't have near the gear that I have now. As a that was a mid November hunt. Mm-hmm. We stayed in a summer tent and I remember because on the fifth day of the hunt, I woke up with a quarter inch of snow covering my sleeping bag. So we had a summer tent yeah. with a rain fly going over it. And it had snowed so much that night and blew so hard. The wind just kicked that snow up under, oh, under the under rain the fly, fly and dropped it through <laughs> the screen. <laughs> and I woke up. And we were taking those, uh, the little ha- hot hand warmers no. and throwing them down in the bottom of our sleeping bag. And I had probably six in the sleeping bag with me just to stay warm. It was so cold. Um, I had one of those old piece of crap Walmart sleeping bags, you know. I I just did not have the gear that I typically have, that I, that I do now. And it was so cold. And me and Deedon woke up that morning and we had seen zero bucks. And maybe seven or eight does. Yeah. We saw one four corn hanging in a camp. Everybody that we talked to said the same thing. They just weren't seeing any deer. There's just not a lot of deer up in that country. It's better it's a great antelope country. Um decent elk country. It fringes, yeah. Um, but it's it's not great deer country. And um but back to the scouting part I knew I wasn't going to be able to scout so the only thing I could do was get on Google Earth and so that's what I did and when we got up there for the hunt Dina knew that I'd never been up there and we're pulling in and he's like where are we going to camp and I was like I know where we're camping and and we're coming up what's the highway going up um, 265 yeah Up Colorado, Yeah, so yeah. Get, going up through, uh, uh, San, is it San Antonio Mountain yes yeah yep and so i'm like yeah head towards san antonio mountain on 265 or two yeah whatever it is and uh, it's been a long time since mm-hmm. uh and i told him yeah turn left right here and we're driving down the road and i'll Tur- take a right right here and he's like how do you know where we're going <laughs> i was like i've been scouting he's like, you haven't ever been up here um and i took us right to where i wanted to camp and he was like wow this is a good spot yeah found it on google earth <laughs> and um uh, the next morning, we woke up and we started hunting. And um, I'm like, "Yeah, let's go here. Let's go there." And he's like, "Wow, well, how do you know all this stuff? Google Earth, dude, man." And it it, it didn't make for a successful hunt, but it definitely made for um, knowing where we were going. Yeah, you know. So that's where it all started. That's where we're where, where well, my it's tough to find a deer on Google Earth. You can find I, an elk. I, I have yet to find a deer. Um, I found the elk. Um, in unit thirty-seven, um, you know, w- when I when I post when we when we launch this episode, mm-hmm. I'll get the coordinates, and I'll post the coordinates, uh, for you on on, uh, uh Our Facebook in, in the sh- in the show notes, yeah, um, because it it's definitely there. Um, you can't hundred percent tell it was a bull, but it it's oh, you it can tell looks, a bull. It looks like the only the only questionable part is is it's March now there's plenty of bulls that still got their horns yeah. on in March, but there's a lot of them that drop it's all by itself there's well, no other I can tell you for for certain but it there, looks like they a bull didn't drop
0: me. they didn't drop this year until almost April yeah
1: yeah so so but it, it looks like a bull to me um I've yet to find a deer uh I've found some buffalo um up in Yellowstone, um I found what I think is a grizzly bear
0: up in Yellowstone. Yeah, up in Yellowstone.
1: Um, I need to look for some antelope up there to, around. You here. need to
0: look for those uh, black jaguars that are up in the Pecos. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah. We keep getting
1: reports about. Yeah, that or yeah, I think they've had some reports. What you get this the same picture that's floating around with the jaguar and the three hounds. Yeah. That you know was taken. Uh, I guarantee you could probably ago. find
0: some bighorns. Yeah, up there above treeline.
1: I I yeah, go look in uh, Pecos. Maybe. Pecos,
0: the Tears, the Calabras. They're just
1: they're smaller, so it's it's hard to identify them because when you zoom in too much, it gets too pixelated. It, it gets yeah, yeah, it gets a little pixelated. Uh, and the the how I did it was I started I started by going to places where I knew there was horses mm-hmm. and kind of judging. The size and seeing how close you need to get, yeah. But before um, you can determine what an animal, you know, determine that it's actually an animal, and then as you float around Google, you know, you just kind of stay somewhere between five and eight hundred feet above the ground. Your which would be called your eye elevation, yeah, on Google, and um, just
0: start scanning. Found that elk. So, today we're going to talk about beginning your hunt prep, and I kind of wanted to share that story because um, Rodney's really good at this. Uh, this is something that you should take into account uh, once you figure out that you've drawn, or, or that you're going to go hunting somewhere, or or do you know do whatever you're going to do. Hell, yeah, it could go outside the bounds of hunting if you're going to go hike a trail. You know take a look at it make sure that you look at the area and know you know how tough it's going to be if you're going to go fish a lake make sure you know how to get there all that stuff and, and you can do that through through this kind of we're calling it beginning hunt prep i call it kind of pre-scouting
1: knowledge knowledge is power yeah beginning hunt prep pre-scouting um this is the virtual uh uh portion of that um you know it deals with um with uh, both electronic and paper maps. Yeah. Uh, well, and that's before where we, we had
0: Google, what did you have? You had a paper map. You had a paper
1: map. Uh, and I still use them, even with Google. Absolutely. I'm still using paper maps. I still, I still get topo maps. I still get quad maps, forest maps, BLM maps. Um, you know, both of us have got quite a collection going now. Mm-hmm. Um the, the paper maps will always work. Absolutely. The cell phones um, run out of power. Okay. Run out of service. Yep. Got him. <laughs> Did I get him? I think so. A uh, dead fly. <laughs> Just so you guys
0: know, That's the we're, first, fi- we're fighting an infestation. The
1: first live kill on the Not a Grande podcast. Right there. 11 minutes, 19 seconds in to podcast number four, Kyle Jackson with the first kill.
0: Got it. We've been fighting the f- uh, these flies are driving us crazy.
1: I, I put on I put in uh, a new screen door on the back door, and uh, me and my wife Dana did that um, Monday night. Yeah. And to 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 do it, I had to have the door open, open for a while. And it's 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 been. Uh, Flyswatter City for a few days since that.
0: So, sorry about that. We digress. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Back to the maps. The, the the paper maps are, in my opinion, and I want to reiterate, these podcasts are, are coming from our point of view. We're not telling anybody they're right or they're wrong. Um, we're not telling them that they have to do this it this way uh we just want to kind of tell you how we do things but as far as as i'm concerned i grew up with the paper maps and if you can read a topo map and you can use a compass you'll never get lost no you never will never get lost
1: and then that, and that's not we're not knocking on x or any of the Excellent other tools hunt map
0: uh, Use them if you can.
1: Yeah, I I don't. I'm I'm not going to pay. Um, I'm not going to pay for an app that uh, I just don't need. Um, and that's and that's I think the biggest part. It's some, it, it's something I just ah, kill number two. Number two. It's something I don't need. Um, uh, we used one. We used it on my antelope hunt. Uh, that I had a couple of years ago. Um, I downloaded that a hunting app. Yeah. Uh, 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 map app that, um, showed private property and the private property owners. And, and it is really cool, really, really cool thing. Um,
0: it's kind of not how we do things. Well, it's, I wouldn't, i mean if we had the opportunity maybe but there's a lot of resources out there that that you don't have to pay for Uh, again starting at the paper map level Uh, and for my for my money blm maps are fantastic they tell you land status Um, correct they are being updated um, fairly regularly there's some older ones out there but they give you land status, and most of the time their roads are pretty close. I, and the only reason I can tell you this is because I use them and, and have used them since I hired on with the department. Um, we've since got GPSs, but I can tell you the GPSs aren't always right. Often, no, Oftentimes my BLM map is, well, is more accurate as far as roads go than my GPS is. A lot of times,
1: too, um, what you find is the information that's on that the either go be it google be it the uh, new mexico department of game and fishes app the pocket Ranger, uh, the yeah. pocket ranger or carry maps which i use both of those um i just don't rely on them uh the the information that they're getting is off of that bln map yeah so a lot of times it's the same information yeah uh, i like to have the paper copy in my in my backpack um I use I use the stuff on the phone uh, if we have service if if we're not on a hunt that's um, in the back country where our phone's going to be dead in a couple hours.
0: So just I think our our point here is is recognize that technology while it's a fantastic tool it does have its limitations. It absolutely does. Um, it lasts as long as your battery lasts. It lasts as long as you have service. Uh, all hey. those things it you know get wet, die, whatever. Um, if we would suggest learning to read topo map and some basic yes, skills man. in, in uh, orienteering. I'll give you a perfect example, Kyle. Uh,
1: I worked for an electric co-op. Power went out one day and, uh, rolled into a gas station to go in and get me a drink, mm-hmm. bite to eat. Power was out and they said, sorry, power's out, can't serve you.
0: Can't get gas, can't, can't get gas, pumps are all shut down. food,
1: yeah. nothing. And I was pretty bummed. I was like, well, I got cash. And they were like, sorry, cash register's down, can't help you. Continued on down the street to another gas station, had several cars at it. And I thought, well, let me see. Pulled in there. Man at the counter doing business. With same, a calculator same issue, right? and a pencil. P- power's no still power. Out. No power. Yeah. But he knew how to calculate tax and he needed to count change. And he was still doing business. Yeah. He didn't lose any money. Yeah. He wasn't dependent on the power and the technology. And that's what we're talking about here.
0: I think that's a perfect example to show you that uh, don't don't get too reliant on the technology yep. it's know great
1: how, know how to use your compass yeah know how to read that map yeah
0: and then go from there and even though i haven't had to use a compass in quite quite a few years i carry one in my pack all the time yep better to have it
1: and not need it than need it and not have it
0: yeah um so there are numerous different paper maps out there that you can get you know the topo maps uh blm uh there's quad maps for the state um Forest service forest maps. Forest service maps. Now, the one thing I would caution you about forest service maps is they're only going to show the forest. Yeah. And so we've got some, several... some close surrounding yeah. areas, but not much. But so, like the BLM maps, they have sections, so you can kind of calculate some distance. The forest maps, while they have a legend on there, yeah, it, they'll blow it up or do whatever they need to do, and it's mainly going to show the forest. Yes. So let's take, for instance, up there in my part of the country, Carson National Forest has a couple of different ranger districts. You're going to have to get a map for the Quester Ranger District, and you're going to have to get a map for the Hickory Ranger District. And um, basically, it's going to show just those ranger districts. Uh, having said that, it's going to have a lot more detailed information than you'll get on, say, a BLM map, because it'll tell you what roads are open, what... Uh, you know what things are in force as far as habitat restrictions things like that correct trails yeah all that nine yards yeah
1: and conversely like the, the the lincoln national forest where i'm at yeah uh that map is all on one of course much smaller forest than the carson national forest but it's all on one page um it does it's it's Intermingled with a lot of BLM and state, so there is a lot of BLM and state on that map. Yeah, but it, it goes right back down to knowing your area, get your maps, get your BLM maps, get your forest maps, learn which maps you need in your hunting
0: unit. Yeah, and so again, another example of that in the Carson National Forest, they have a map just for the Viva There you go, unit of the Carson National Forest, which is a once in a lifetime hunt. And if you get that get that map absolutely so you'll need that map. understand what their pros and cons of those maps and then when we move into the actual use of the technology uh you have other resources Mm -hmm. yep your your digital maps
1: um the new mexico department of fit game fish has the pocket ranger app it's a great app um it's not going to show you property owners no but it's going to show you private land State land, land BLM land, mm-hmm. Forest Service land, um, and it's also going to give you a little bit of other information. Um, uh, units, which um, the, the 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 Pocket Ranger app and the carry carry maps, carry maps is what the Department of Game and Fish used before they had the Pocket Ranger.
0: Yeah, we can they partnered with the BLM,
1: uh, with state land and state lands. Yeah.
0: And, well, it's released through BLM. Yeah, it was with BLM and yeah. state lands. Yeah. And one of the focuses yeah, on the carry maps was to, as far as I understand it, was to focus on access
1: exactly. points. So the great thing, that I the, the thing that I love about carry maps, uh, the, the Pocket Ranger fairly new. Um, so I haven't completely got got into all the details of it yet. But what I've used CarryMap for several years now. Uh, You download an app on your phone called CarryMap, and then you go to the uh, BLM website and download the maps onto your phone. That's the best part about it. You're downloading the map onto your phone. You do not need service to run this app. And the GPS always works. Yeah. Even if you don't have service until your battery runs out until your battery runs out so <laughs> there's a limitation always but a limitation Pocket Ranger
0: thing. requires service
1: Pocket Ranger requires service yeah correct because that map is not actually downloaded onto your phone um, the uh, the carry map app shows private land BLM roads doesn't show trails um, shows your units but the cool thing that it does show is unit wide ranches shows your unit-wide ranches, and it also shows land swaps. You know about this. I'm not sure if our listeners do. A lot of landowners have uh, negotiated land swaps with the Department of Game and Fish to where they have a piece of private land that they would allow the public to hunt on if they can fence off and keep the public out of some state land.
0: So uh, let me correct you there. It's not with us. It it would be with the, the state, state land office. Gotcha. Well, so, so Department of Game and Fish and State Land are Office, two separate entities. So any of those discussions uh, generally do not include the game and fish unless we kind of have a vested interest in something. And we've been a part of some of those. But as far as the land swap goes, that's between the landowner and the state land officer, the state well, land commissioner. It's
1: just for hunting purposes. It's not actually a land swap as in ownership of the land.
0: And so what you're talking about there is, as far as hunting purposes, generally what happens, we don't, um, as far as I know, we we don't, if, there's not a whole lot of that that happens. If, if we're going to use private land to hunt mm-hmm. we do an open gate agreement with them gotcha
1: well i found this in our uh i found this in our unit 37 outcome that okay. we did a couple of years ago mm-hmm. there was several pieces of state land mm-hmm. that were um hatched you know and you know what i'm talking about where they they hatched a certain yeah piece of land on the map with the diagonal lines And it says in there, state land, not accessible to hunt, land swap for this section of private. And then it has the private land hatched the same. That is accessible to hunt. Okay. Now, I'm not sure exactly how those negotiations happened, whether it's through the Department of Game and Fish or private land. But that information is on the Carry Map app. Yeah. It will not be found on a state map, a BLM map, a forest map. I haven't seen it on the Pocket Ranger app. I've only ever seen it on uh, carry maps. And the open gate program that you talked about, yeah. it is also on carry maps. Yeah, um, They have icons uh, for gates, and it says open gate program access granted you know, it shows the private land that is huntable. Uh, all these things are on that carry map. And that's why I love carry maps, uh, because that kind of information is on
0: there. And so, what's your your main, you know, I guess, the the, the question that, that probably should be answered here, what's your main use for these apps? Roads. Yeah. Uh,
1: the, and the pre-scouting, the, right? The... the, the 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 apps i uh, so here's the here's how I use them in pre scouting application okay so we've talked about how I love to use Google Earth for scouting yeah, Google earth doesn't provide public private maps uh private land layers land status land status yeah, so you don't know if you're looking at national forest b l m state private um, uh, unit wide, none of that. You don't know it. So what I do is I get the pocket ranger and I zoom in to the area that I'm looking at on Google. I zoom into it on the pocket ranger and I see, is it state or is it private? Well, then I draw the outline of the state or the BLM or the forest service land on Google. And then I know anything inside that outline, is public land outside is private. It's a lot of work. Yeah. But that's what I do. Um and then I scout that Google Earth public land. I mark the water holes. I mark the visible trails. I mark the animals I find. <laughs> I mark trick tanks. Um I mark benches. I, I mark these things. And then I open up carry maps, which is predominantly what I use in the field. And I look on Google, find the location I want to mark, and I find that location in carry maps, and I drop a pin. And I name it. Bench, glassing spot, elk, whatever. And now that information is stored in my phone. And when I get out there into the field a lot of times, you know how it is. You've got an area that you want to go hunt and you'll go hunt that for a couple of days and you're not seeing anything. So now you need an alternate plan. Boom. You open your phone. I got a pin dropped right here. There's a water hole. We haven't been seeing
0: much water. Let's go check this out. Yeah. So that's, that's kind of how I use that. Yeah. And so some of the pros and again, like with paper maps, you got to weigh some of the pros and cons to it. You know, your, your pocket ranger app, uh, has public land layers, uh-huh. um, so, uh, but the one of the problems with it is if you don't have service, you can't pull up the oh, map. Correct. Your carry maps, they got those public land layers, they got a little bit more information about access points, and you can use it in the field without service because you've downloaded that map absolutely onto your phone. 100% accessible as long as you have the battery life. Yeah. Um, let's get into Google Earth. Okay. Because is an amazing resource absolutely we have talked a little bit about it uh but kind of run it, run us through how you use google earth to look at terrain to look at um you you've already talked about how you mark mark yeah. you know yeah. mark the, the layers uh but you know so you gotta look at the yeah. the picture
1: yeah yeah so yeah. so looking at looking at google Earth, the it's predominantly what I use for pre-scouting. Um, pre-scouting It's still super important to get your boots on the ground, all right? So what I'm talking about, pre-scouting is I'll get into Google Earth and I'll start finding locations that I want to go scout, go look at. So I find these locations on Google Earth, I find out how to get there how far I've got to walk from the road, um, and then that's what I do. You know, I, I know, I know. okay, well, I'm going to park here, I'm going to get out, I'm going to head northwest about two miles, and you do. You go to that road, you park where you thought you were going to park, you get out, you walk northwest for about two miles, you take a look at the country. Um, you find water holes. Now, now on a scout trip, I've got this water hole marked on Google Earth, and I go out there, and then I can go to that water hole and see, is there water in it? Is there tracks there? Is there sign? You know, And how I do this, first and foremost, is you want to look at the picture dates. So in the bottom of, of the Google map, it'll show you a picture date of when that aerial photo was taken. Fortunately for us, on our Unit 37 elk hunt, those pictures were three months old. Mm-hmm. They were brand new. That was 2016. So now they're a couple years old. They haven't updated them yet. Um but it's still great information. It was fantastic information at the time because every trail and road that was clear when that picture was taken was clear when we hunted.
0: Yeah, it was only what the, the, 6 months. Yeah, but yeah, by the time by the time we, we hunted took it and when we hunted. Yeah,
1: it was like 6 months old. Um so it was really great information. So you got to look at that picture date so you know how old that picture is. Uh, Cuz a lot of things can change in 2 or 3 years. Yeah. Um the other thing that you look at is, uh, that I do is I get into 3d mode, um, drop down into a Canyon in 3d mode and walk the Canyon. You know, you can learn a lot of stuff, um, go down the Canyon, back up the other side. You know, you're going to get a sense of how hard that hunt's going to be, how steep the terrain is. You're not going to be able to see like, is this going to be a good view the canyon am i going to be able to see because you can't tell the depth perception of the trees so you don't know if it's open enough to spot game in the area um but that's why you go scout it yeah you know that's why you go get your feet on the ground after you've done this pre-scouting on google
0: and i want to <laughs> i wanted to tell a story here uh just because to kind of demonstrate what a great tool google earth is uh, and I may have told you this story before, but um, a couple of years ago, I had a I had a picture. I I made a case off of Google Earth, basically. I had a picture of a guy who had gone into the Viva doll, and he picked up a deadhead, which in New Mexico you can't do. You have you know any any skull that or any antlers that has any part of the skull attached, you got to buy from the department, basically. But he picked up a like a six by or a like a seven by eight. Deadhead bull elk skull, and uh, all I had was a picture. Didn't know his name, nothing like that. And uh, I thought, man, what the heck am I gonna get, gonna do? So luckily, uh, and this will go to kind of our next point. I I had a guy who frequented the Viva Doll. He's one of our reserve conservation officers. And I showed him the picture. I said, hey man, I know this is in the Viva Doll, but where do you think this is? And he gave me an idea of, well, this looks like this area of the Vivadol. And so I got into Google, went down, and started kind of looking around. Went down in 3D mode, and I actually found the background, the tree line. Mm-hmm. In the background, so he, when they took this picture... Somebody took it. He was standing on a hillside and you could see um, tree line and meadow and the skyline behind him. And I actually went into Google Earth and went down kind of where I thought this probably was. And by the skyline and by the tree line and the meadow, I said, Yep, I think this is where he picked it up. Took my horse, rode in, and found the carcass that he had taken that head from. There you go. Uh, just an amazing piece of technology. Yes. And there's a ton that you can learn. Again, you got to confirm that, and and, and you've got to go actually get boots on the ground to get a, a real understanding of what you're dealing well, with. And, that's,
1: and that's, that's a perfect example of exactly what I'm talking about. You used it to find an area, but you didn't stop there. You had to go out there, get your boots on the ground, yeah. and actually physically see it. Yeah. And And what you're talking about there, too... Is there are two types of three D mode, three D mode in Google. If you're on a road, uh, a major road,
0: state highway, um, something state like highway,
1: that. something, and some subdivisions and stuff like that, when you drop into three D mode, there's actual pictures of pictures houses, pictures of your houses, so you can actually see pictures, and you can drive along and see the forest and the grass and the animals and stuff like that. Broke down cars in town. Exactly. Um... But when you get out into the canyons and stuff like that, you're not going to have those pictures. It's just going to be um, topographical data. Yeah, well, the reason for that is because those Google cars don't drive
0: around the forest. Correct.
1: It's probably coming one of these days with drones, but for now, uh, that's all we have is uh, on the main roads, you can get actual pictures uh, off, off in the canyon's
0: topographical data. Yeah. So um, another good example of that is I've used, I love predator hunt, love calling coyotes, and uh, my brother and I go hunt every year, and we got permission on a ranch uh, to hunt some coyotes, and uh, we're doing a coyote calling contest, and had never been to this ranch, so we used Google Earth, along with the weather data, to figure out, you know, where what's going to be the predominant wind, uh, what where do we want to make stands if you know if you know anything about coyotes generally their territory is about a mile mile and a half and so we were just kind of putting pins and stands where we wanted to stand so we use google earth to kind of see where the undulations this is kind of out on the prairie but we saw could see be in that 3d mode roads you could see where the undulations in the in the terrain were and based on that made a list of where we were going to make stands it's going to get you close
1: oh yeah like you said you go to the you go to your first spot and you know that your next spot's a thousand yards you know down the way on top of a knob and you still got to go get them boots on the
0: ground yeah but it's going to get you close you're going to know the direction and, and the basic distance that you need to go and we've hunted that ranch since then and i would say 90 percent of our stands are within uh 500 yards of the pin that we placed yeah. Your your elk that we harvested um, a couple
1: of years ago in Unit 37, uh, we took that animal. Man, maybe two three hundred yards from one of my marked locations that I wanted to absolutely go hunt. Yeah, yeah, it was. A, yeah. There, there was a trick tank nearby there. Um, it was an area that I I most certainly wanted us to go check out. Um, and that that was now I had actually scouted that area as well, yeah, um but it was all done by pre scouting on Google Earth
0: well, and that brings us to kind of our next logical topic in this uh that we've touched on already is you know the gra- the on the ground intel uh, yes, so outside of putting your boots on the ground what what should we? you know, what should we be doing? What should, what, what a good, you know, avid hunter, uh, or somebody looking to, to get out and see a place that they haven't seen before. What are some resources that are out there?
1: Well, if you've, if you've been listening to this podcast and you've been following along, one of the things that you've heard me say multiple times is educate yourself. Yeah. And what you don't know, somebody else does. So call somebody from the area, start with uh, friends and family that you know that have that live in that area have hunted in that area know that area um people that you know uh once you've exhausted all the people that you know the next best thing to do is call the local conservation officer
0: yeah uh and i i want to touch on this because i think the last podcast that we did we talked about <coughs> how, m- how many people <laughs> i talked to who put in for a hunt and never even looked at the area that they're hunting. It just drives me crazy. But um, your local game warden is going to know the nooks, the crannies, the ins and outs, where the animals hang, what the animals are doing that year, or what they expect to do that year. And, you know, the department, that's what they're there for. Absolutely. And they're not going to tell you, listen...
1: Go down here, park right here, walk a hundred yards up, the, up, up this dirt trail, turn right into the canyon, and up the left fork is going to be an elk tied to a tree. They, they don't have that kind of knowledge, but they're going to give you some of the best knowledge that you can get yeah. outside of hiring a guide. So for that area, because they're Let's there say, let's say the you
0: did some pre scouting and you marked a watering hole, a dirt tank. You know, if it's if it's a well-known enough area, the game wars is going to be able to tell you, man, we had not had much rain. There's nothing in the dirt tanks. You're going to have to figure something else out. Exactly. They're going to give you that more specific information. They're not going to tell exactly. you exactly where you can kill an animal, but they're going to give you more specific information. Hey, this road, uh, it's really rough. We had a lot of rains. You're not going to be able to get in there exactly. with anything but an ATV. Exactly. You know, we, we, we ran into that last year up in 2B.
1: We... We relied on maps, Mm -hmm. and um, even the paper maps failed us in that instance. We had a road that we drove down, and it led us a long ways through crap country and dead-ended. Well, it didn't. And it was a long way back. So so it there, didn't was, get there in, was a There was a gate. There was a gate that was locked. There's there. There was um, that
0: one. But then there, remember the other one where we were. It was well after dark. We were trying to get back to camp, and did the same thing. Went a long ways. We thought, man, this road ought to get it. it you yeah. ought to tie in over here. And we got maybe a mile from where it was going to tie in with the main road, and it had washed out.
1: Yep. Yep. And these are the things that the local conservation officer are going to be able to tell you. They, they They can help you in that regard, uh and they'll definitely do it. Give them a call, take them to lunch, whatever you gotta do um information is i
0: mean knowledge is power man. The more you know, the better your hunt's gonna be man we're happy to happy to give you that information because we want people to be successful um the depart you know game and fish does not make any money if people don't buy hunting traffic and fishing licenses and so we want you to be successful you know um so call call your local game warden that we have information on the website um but more importantly use those resources that you have
1: and they're they're not only going to be able to tell you you know where to go where not to go they're also going to be able to take tell you what kind of things to take you know this is glassing country you know bring your binoculars and and don't bring eights bring tens uh they know the country they know what it takes to find animals in that country um so so they're going to be able to tell you the type of gear that that you're going to need if, if if you need cold gear heat gear uh long distance gear uh 30 30 uh seven millimeter yeah, they're going to be able to tell you The type of country for the type of area that you're going to be hunting. Yeah.
0: Uh, And, you know, this topic, beginning hunt prep, this is where you're going to start thinking about those gear considerations. Yes. Um, You've already done some of that just via the um, type of hunts that you put in. So your weapon type is going to be determined. Maybe not the caliber. Maybe not, you know, uh, but... You're going to have to start thinking about that. Uh, the A good example of that is our hunt this year in the colon Neblet.
1: Yes. We're going to need packs. Um, or horses. Or horses. and and that's, It's especially critical to hunters like us. Um, the whole premise of this uh, podcast um, is not only just to take you through an entire hunt process, but um, to take you through that entire hunt process as the everyday average hunter not not a professional you know we're not hiring guides we're not made of money um we're limited on the gear that we have um and if there's a specific item that we need we've got to have time to budget save up to get it yeah so
0: or improvise or
1: improvise or borrow or you know that so i don't have
0: i don't have a frame pack i'm gonna have to borrow a frame pack from my brother
1: correct and so that's that's one of those things that you've got to think about in your pre-hunt prep is is there a specific uh, hunt specific item i mean everybody's got to have binoculars right Uh, they're all you're all going to have a rifle um but there's there's certain things that that you need on hunts on specific hunts that you might not need on others, yeah, um, you know what I would have loved to have had on that antelope hunt set an e pad, yeah, I sure. did a lot of flipping crawling, Yep. um and and you need to think about those things early, those specific items that you might not well, last typically year, carry with
0: you last year, we drew that. To be hunt that uh-huh. deer hunt we knew it was good glassing country uh-huh. and you specifically budgeted for what? for my tripod yeah specifically
1: budgeted for my tripod um, to put my 12s on um, because I knew we were going to be doing a lot of glassing and that's not something that I'm going to carry with me on every hunt but I definitely need it on that hunt I, we're not going to need that on, on our elk hunt i'm not going to take that on my elk hunt
0: no i'm going to take tens and i'm yeah. not going to take a tripod no
1: no we'll use our shooting sticks for that yeah uh because you know we're not going to be we're not going to be glassing we'll we're, we're going to glass but we're not going to be glassing a long long distances like we were for that for the antelope hunt or or the deer hunt last year yeah so think of those specific gear items that you might need that you might not have for your everyday average deer hunt yeah,
0: uh, it's very important to get that stuff don't, down. If you don't start thinking about that now, you're going to get these hunts sneak up on us, guys. Yeah, we all know how it is. You're busy with life, and here we are, freaking, almost into July,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and it is just coming down on us. It is. It'll be here. We'll, we'll be hunting elk and deer before we know it,
1: and that's that's another consideration in your in your hunt prep is setting your calendar. So some of you out there are, are the boss at, at your work and, and you can set your calendar without having to worry about anybody else. Some of you are a little lower on the totem pole and you need to get your, uh, your request for time off in sooner. You know, think about these things early. Let your boss know. Don't, don't surprise him and say, Hey, I'm going to go hunting next week. And he's going to be like, yeah, no, you're not. We've got a big job planned, you know, Get that stuff in early. This is part of your hunt prep, preparing. Know the dates that you want to go scouting. Request that time off. Yeah. You Know know, know your hunt dates. You better know your hunt dates. And request that time off. Get it done up ahead, ahead of schedule because you don't want to, to get all the way down to a month before and you go to request that time off and your boss says, you know what? Oh, John Smith already requested that week off. I can't let you both off that time. And he requested it first. Be first. Well,
0: more more importantly is keeping that that family time happy, you know. Yeah. Um hopefully you've married somebody who understands that that you're going to go hunting and 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 do what you're going to do. But even even those of us who have hunted or are married Good women like that, they sometimes forget. And so you start putting it in their mind. Hey, I'm going to be gone for a week yes. here. You yep. need to either prepare, Can't you know, are you going to be able yep. to take care of the kids while I'm gone? Do, do, do you need to schedule your, babysitters? Exactly, all of that stuff. That stuff.
1: E- every bit of that. It, it, it's so important because last minute, last the more you take of the more of it that you take care of up front, the less you have to worry about in the future. And... If you're springing stuff on people, be it loved one, be it employers, you make their lives harder and then they're less inclined to help you out. Yeah. You know, same with what we talked about, borrowing a backpack. You know, you're going to have to borrow a frame pack. You need to get in that. You need to get in that early. Yeah. You need to ask your brother now because well, he, I mean, may, he, he may, may have, have, have a hump plan yeah, exactly. and he may say no. And now you've got to find another alternative. Don't wait. Don't wait. Don't, i know that we live in the land of manana but when it comes to hunting take care of it today
0: <laughs> absolutely absolutely um man it's been it's been fun doing these podcasts we're gonna keep bringing them to you we've got a lot of stuff planned we're uh like rodney told you we're gonna take you through an entire hunting season here uh, our our goal is to kind of show you the whole process it seems like uh uh these hunting shows, not to knock them or anything like that. Um th- they are what they are, but uh you just kind of get snippets. And so uh we're like you guys, we got jobs, we got wives, we got kids, we're we're going through this just like you guys are, and we're having fun with this podcast. Uh follow us on Facebook and Instagram yep. at a Grande Outdoors. Um give us a like, share. Uh, yeah, leave us, us leave us a comment if if uh, if you got a hunt somewhere here in New Mexico, let us know where it is. Uh, if you have any questions, I bet you we can find you some answers. Yep. If we don't know them, we we can point you in the right direction. Yep. And so, always remember, you can find civilization downhill and downstream. Yeah, but nobody really wants to find that. <laughs> At least we don't. Have a good day, boys. Adios. Adios.